Welcome to Women Get Lit. And today's first episode, Women, Gender Roles, and Jane Eyre. I'm Kasia, I'm 20, and I'm studying English Creative Writing in London. This is my first ever podcast. The idea came about very spontaneously and initially branched out from my blog, Polish Girl's Thoughts. I speak a lot about my identity as a young Polish girl as I try to discover who I am in a foreign city of London. I want to lead this podcast as a journey of self-discovery. I want to talk about how female authors that I've read and fictional women have affected my view of men, other women, and primarily myself. Today's first guest is my friend Amelie. We both study the same degree, we take modules together, we're very good friends, we share love for modernism and obviously Virginia Woolf. Amelie's also a writer. We share writing experiences, styles and passion for exploring the world through literature. I wanted to share my thoughts with her on being a female writer in London, writing about women in literature and primarily what it's like to read female writers writing about women. In today's episode, some of the books we'll be discussing are Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, Ulysses by James Joyce, and Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway and The Waves. I'm here with my friend, Amelie. Would you like to tell us a little bit about you, what interests you about literature, and maybe who's your favourite author? I'm Amelie. And I'm actually Norwegian, but I moved to London about two years ago to study English literature with creative writing, which is how we met. So obviously I have a passion for reading and writing, but I'm especially intrigued by modernist writing, not only in terms of reading, but also in writing. I love experimenting with modernist techniques. I would say that maybe Virginia Woolf is my favourite author, and she's been one of my biggest inspirations. But I'm also very passionate about you know, Nordic literature and European literature and reading in translation. And of course, I also enjoy studying the classics. We want to talk about Jaina as an example of a female writer writing about women overcoming internal struggles. So for those of you who haven't read Jaina, or haven't come across her yet. The story follows a plain and simple Jane who, after an abusive childhood, becomes a governess at Mr. Rochester's household. Mr. Rochester, 20 years older, is the dark, mysterious love interest who holds a secret. Secret. We later find out Rochester has locked his mentally ill wife, Bertha, in the attic. Many feminist critics see the mad woman in the attic, Bertha, as Jane's unintegrated double her repressed sexuality that at the end of the novel must be killed and i know both of us have quite different interpretations of bertha and views on the book which we will delve right into jaina is written by a woman how do you go about writing women i think Mainly I try to write women without being too aware of them being a woman. So the most important thing to me is showing that women are just as complex and independent and capable as men, which I think, again, links to Jane Eyre. I agree. I think we see Jane 
trying to overcome those gender roles throughout the book. But I do think the ending for me is quite problematic just because, you know, at the end she marries Rochester and it's as if those kind of ideas of her overcoming those gender roles for me are restricted by this focus on a romantic relationship. How do you see the ending? Yeah, it's interesting because I think my perspective on the ending of the novel is quite different. I feel like once Bertha dies and the woman in the attic is gone, it's like the burden of Jane's past appears, Mm -hmm. which allows her to enter the domestic life and form those raw, intimate connections that she's been incapable of because of her Mm -hmm. past trauma that's haunting her. Which I think is why Bertha's presence throughout the novel is only a ghost until much later in the novel. So the ghost is kind of like an image of Jane's past haunting her. And in the end, she buries the ghost, which I think is a very powerful metaphor. I think that's really interesting because we obviously study the same book, but because of our interests, we see it in such a different light. For me, Bertha represents, you know, this victim of male oppression, not necessarily Jane's ghost but I think that's such an interesting kind of take on the things and I think it really shapes the novel as more feminist than I read it initially I don't know about you but for me my problem with the marriage at the end is that throughout the novel I think Rochester holds a lot of power and there's a big power dynamic between Jane and Rochester and you know Jane pursues her passion she pursues her love she's fierce and then she marries him and for me it's like oh gosh, is Charlotte Bronte just following the restrictive gender roles again by including that in the ending? What's your take on it? I do see where you're coming from, but at the same time, in the end of the book, he's blind and he's lost everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like suddenly she's the one who's got the upper hand and she still chooses him. So I think that shows the strong intimate connection between the two. It's not necessarily about the marriage, but just you know, Jane being able to make those decisions for herself. So it's not like a forced marriage in any way, I think. I think you're changing my perspective a lot on Jane Eyre through this discussion because I think the key thing to highlight is that Jane chooses this and she has the freedom to choose this. It's not that she's, I guess, oppressed into this. But I think these are two very different perspectives. I guess with this all in mind, I'd like to move on to your experience as a writer now. Has literature ever negatively influenced your relationship with your creative writing? I wouldn't say that it has. That is why I love writing, because it allows you to entirely disregard any expectations that you feel have been placed upon you by society. So you get to challenge those expectations freely and as you said, in a safe space. So I think the scary part of it is not necessarily the writing, but the sharing it Mm. after it's been written. Yeah. Um, Which you touched upon with the last question. I definitely agree. I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel restricted in a sense, or maybe I shouldn't say this, especially when I'm writing prose, because I can imagine these specific people reading my prose and seeing my kind of vulgarity or whatever on page and it's like oh they're gonna think badly about me and as you said that safe space is so so important I think when you're 
trying to discover your voice when you're experimenting with different writing and kind of having that you know space where you don't feel judged definitely to me the essence of literature is exactly what you're saying trying to reach those people who might have a different view than you and to challenge those views so I think that's very interesting and I know like in our creative writing classes we've had some great teachers who've been like encouraging us and telling us that if you don't think you should write something you definitely need to write it and I think that's so good that's such yes. a good advice shout out to Charlotte <laughs> shout out to Charlotte yeah she's amazing I remember when I heard that I just it opened my mind so much I was like yeah why can't I write something that's a bit more out there clearly my desire to write it has a purpose and I remember one of our creative writing seminars when I wrote that prose fiction yeah. I felt so uncomfortable publishing it because I was like yeah. oh my god what are they gonna think about me because you know I had those like very taboo topics but it turned out to be one of my best pieces and I feel like when I let go of that restriction that's when my writing was able to just flow yeah, I entirely agree. It was one of your best pieces. Thank you. <laughs> and it was so funny to see how worried you was because everyone seemed to love it. I think that's really important to keep in mind. But I feel like the same with you. I think whenever you're like, this piece is not my best piece, and I always love it. I always think it's one of your strongest pieces, the ones you think aren't the strongest. Yeah, it's always like that. I don't know. Why do you think that is? <sighs> I don't know. You know what? I feel like... As writers, we doubt ourselves a lot. Our potential to write something that's good, you know? I do relate to that. I think it's a part of it. And I do think that's what makes us good writers mm. as well. I also think what makes the best pieces, in my experience, is when I include a bit of me, you know? If it's my emotions or it doesn't have to be like a trauma dump. It's just including a bit of me somehow makes the piece a bit more I realized people find it a bit more relatable people find it more moving and you know and it's something that I sometimes struggle with because I'm like oh my god you know I don't want to expose myself like that but at the same time it's that idea like you know it's just fiction I remember you telling me that and that helped me so much as well I think that's key I mean no matter what you're writing prose non-fiction fiction I think you should always have a bit of your identity in there somewhere. It doesn't have to be obvious, but it should be there. So your writing should always come from a place of passion for what you do. And I think that's what makes the best pieces, like you said. So you're a writer. What do you write about? I mainly write prose, so fiction and flash fiction and also fiction. But I also really enjoy writing essays. I think all my pieces tend to be very introspective. And I guess that's why, I guess that explains why I'm often drawn to the psychological aspect of what I read. So do you only write prose or do you also write poetry? I experiment with a lot of different writing styles but I definitely feel more comfortable writing prose than poetry and I think that's where my voice as a writer lies but that's different for everyone and I wish I had a stronger voice in writing poetry but I think those things just have to come naturally. I think for me I 
feel way more comfortable writing poetry than I do prose. I feel like with prose, I have this like internal pressure that I need to make it quite, you know, expand with all these sentences and all this flowery descriptions. And I feel like my voice when it comes to writing is quite blunt. It's quite raw. It's to the point. And, you know, I've tried to write those more poetic kind of flowy writing, which I really admire in your work because I think when I read your work it's so carefully crafted like every single word it just flows and the descriptions is also vivid and that's just not me but I feel every writer is different and I think in poetry what I love about poetry is that I'm able to express that bluntness and I'm able to express that to the point king images or those striking feelings that I want to evoke in the reader I think we have very different writing styles and I think that's why you're more comfortable with poetry and I'm more comfortable with prose because I really like hiding behind those metaphors Mm. and it makes me feel more comfortable but the way you write suits perhaps poetry better. Yeah I agree and also I don't know about you but with me I tend to feel very unfiltered when it comes to writing. I feel like with writing I can really express what I really want to say and what I don't always have the confidence to say out loud. There's hardships with that because sometimes like, you know, writing can be very therapeutic and you want to express those emotions, but then you have that added pressure that someone's going to read it. You always mention that you see yourself as a modernist writer. I don't know if I wouldn't say that I'm a modernist writer and it sounds a bit pretentious because I think you have to earned a title and I still have a very long way to go as a writer and I have so much to learn I do think you have to earn that recognition if that makes sense but I do aspire to be like the modernist writers I want to be as raw and original and revolutionary Mm. in my writing as many of the modernist writers were and I think it's good to have that aspiration to like keep you going You also mentioned in your introduction Virginia Woolf and how she inspires you. Yeah, I think The Waves by Virginia Woolf is my favourite book ever. And I talk about it a lot and I always mention it. But it totally changed the way I write because of how experimental it is and its narrative style and fragmentation. So before I read it, I didn't even know it was possible to write like that. When I read The Waves, I have read other novels by Virginia Woolf what strikes me about her is that she doesn't seem to have those restrictions that I'd imagine female writers to have I know you're gonna laugh at me but for example when she read Ulysses by James Joyce her immediate reaction was you know what I'm gonna write a novel that's also set in one day and that's how Mrs Dalloway came about you know she constantly like forces herself into the male world of literature I mean I guess Male literature, as you call it, (laughs) was more available at the time. And she just, she takes that and she turns it into something more feminist. Yeah. I feel like my problem is that I always call it male literature. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess no matter... (laughs) 
<laughs> what we talk about, you always find a way to include men in the conversation. Which sounds so awful. I want to be talking about women and women in literature. I have a very restricted view of female writers. And whenever I come across a female writer who defies that, like Virginia Woolf... This is new. This is not something I came about, you know, expected. I also think it's quite interesting how our writing seminars, they're so female dominated. And yet all the writers that we study, they're men. I agree. That's like another thing I noticed, even in English in general as a degree. There's so many women. But why am I not seeing these female authors 100 years ago? And also the fact that most of our seminar leaders are male. Do you have any opinion on that? I know all the students are mainly, not all of mm. them, are mainly women. So it's so interesting because I think that shows how it has changed mm. when all the professors are men. But I don't know. I actually think they're doing, the professors that we have, I think they're doing a good job representing the female view as well, letting us have our own opinions. It's not like they're forcing any type of view onto us. I don't know how you feel about that. I agree and disagree. I don't know. I think for me, there is a little bit of an issue with the fact that a man is teaching me about female issues. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like they're trying to teach Mm. me about female issues. I guess it really depends on the professor, but... The ones that do, they open the discussion mm. and they let us talk. Mm. And it's not like they try to influence our mm-hmm. opinion, I think. I see what you mean. I do agree with you. I think it depends on the professor and it depends on the novel we study as well. Absolutely. I think sometimes we fail to recognise just how sexist some classics are. Yes. And some of the male professors that we have don't really talk about it others do but you know what i mean exactly i think that's my problem the issue is that it goes unspoken we focus on other stuff and you know maybe you should just even mention that this is in this book and you know yeah definitely emily i think we're going to wrap up here thank you so much for coming my pleasure thank you for having me Coming away from this chat, I've been thinking about my analysis when it comes to interpreting, analyzing, reading, especially marriage, but also women in general, within literature. I largely expected Amelie to say, marriage is a tool of oppression. Women are being dominated by men. And I expected her to follow the same thought process that I've been taught I thought that's where our discussion would center. I was quite surprised how much she was able to justify, especially in the example of Jane Eyre, that marriage isn't always a tool of dominance. It isn't always a way to oppress women, and sometimes it's a woman's choice. She definitely provoked my thinking and made me consider if I have internalized any misogyny or how much I was influenced by media or even going to an all-girls school where holding a very feminist view was key and it was often placed upon me that I should read literature, I should watch movies, I should view media through a very feminist, very pro-women look. Even 
in drama, <laughs> if it was GCSE or A-level, we were always given extra marks if our performance centered around a very big female issue or critiqued society or critiqued society's ill-treatment of women or had anything to do with oppression and female oppression. And I think going to an all-girls school really conditions you into thinking that the world is against you and that you must fear men and fear men not just in literature but in the world around you and it's something that is quite hard to unlearn when you are an adult and when you're exploring relationships with the opposite gender but also when you're just trying to discover who you are and where those thoughts where those fears come from I'm very interested in issues surrounding misogyny and also how marriage is represented in literature. And I expected all female writers, or at least female writers my own age, on the same course as me, to think a similar way. And I think my interpretation of Jane Eyre was heavily challenged, especially the ending. I've always seen the whole relationship between Mr. Rochester and Jane as a distorted power dynamic and it frustrated me that she had us to get married at the end and I'd always question why does Jane have to be married why can't she just live her life of independence but I think marriage as a choice and being quite firm in the fact that marriage isn't always something women must fear definitely made me consider things differently it made me consider that maybe the world of literature isn't as misogynistic and so anti-feminist and anti-women as I believed it to be. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Women Get Lit. In the next episode, I'll be speaking with my friend Dagger about female creativity.